Hey, what's Jared. up, dude? Hey, man. That was quick. You were <laughs> right beat, on it that I time. It. I know. Dude, that's awesome. All right. What are we on? We're on episode six, right? Yep. Yep. Do you remember what we've talked about? For episode five? Any of them. Um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I have no idea, dude. <laughs> All I know is what I want to talk about this time. <laughs> That's good. I like that. I like that. We, we shouldn't be it's living always in the fresh, past dude. too much. Just, yeah, it's a, I just it's like to fresh. keep it fresh for these guys. You know? Yeah, me too. I mean, they deserve nothing less than the freshest. The freshest of the fresh, just for them. Yeah. Yeah, just for them. We can talk about just being fresh for like 25 minutes. We can just do that. Oh, dude, I could talk about that all day long. Have you seen my new, have you seen my new hat? Look how fresh I look. Dude, that is a new hat. Man, look at that. Dude, this is actually an old hat. And I have shoes that match. Like I have shoes that are this exact color, band shoes. Mm. It's actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's my new thing. I'm are, you wearing those shoes right, are you wearing those shoes right now? I am not. I'm wearing green shoes right now. Because it because it doesn't matter because you can't see my shoes. Ah, uh, you're probably not. Yeah, okay, gotcha. That makes sense. You're probably not gonna yeah. leave the house today anyway, so you know. No, and if I did, I'll put my green hat on or my gotcha whatever color this is shoes on my mustard. Yeah, gotcha. My mustard shoes. Yeah, that is a cool hat. I like that hat. Yeah, dude, I love it. Sick man. Thanks. Okay. All right, let's get into it. Uh, what are we yeah. talking about, dude? We're gonna talk about uh, P and L's. Everybody's favorite topic. Oh, dude, PLs. <laughs> I love it. Is there a slide? Is there slides with this one? There's no Gotta slides. Pre- oh, there's dude. no slides, but this is one thing. I have talked to business owners that don't make any money. I have talked to business owners that make $5 million a year, and they all lack in their PL. They hmm. don't know how to look at their PL. The, some of them don't even know what a PL is. Yeah, definitely got to start there. Okay, so do you know what a PL is? Um, pigs and liverwurst. Wow, we're gonna you can't, you can't work here anymore, dude. Oh, I, <laughs> is that not right? I thought it was a uh, custom Starbucks so, order. So, a PL is a profit and loss statement or report. Okay, okay, and you generate this with your bookkeeping equipment, and it gives you an idea of just like it sounds, what kind of profit you made or what kind of profit you lost, right? Mm -hmm. So it shows you all the money that came into your business and it shows you all the money that left your business and then how much you're left over with. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. So every single business owner should be getting a profit and loss statement from their bookkeeper. Actually, that's probably step one. Every single plumbing in business should hire a bookkeeper. Like that's like step one. Like you go get your LLC or whatever to start your business. Next step, the second you make any money, go get a bookkeeper to keep track of it. Because otherwise you're screwed. It just turns into a giant mess. And if you're paying a bookkeeper by the hour and you're real small, it's not going to cost you a whole lot. So it's a cheap way to just keep your ducks in a row. Did you ever run with your own books? Like, did you do your own books at the beginning or did you no, follow man, that advice know. from the beginning? I don't, I don't know how to do that. Like I, st- I got into QuickBooks online and I was like starting to learn about accounting terms. You know, as I was lost, dude. Yeah. And like most plumbers should be, they're plumbers, dude. Yeah. We don't understand that stuff. Yeah. But when it comes to your P&L, you got to understand that sucker. 
and it's not it's not difficult. So hire a bookkeeper. Tell her you want your P and L, your books done once a month, and then have her send you email you a P and L PDF. Okay, and what you want to do. You want to set it up to where you pay yourself, or if you've got lots of guys, you're going to track how much you're paying yourself, how much you're paying your guys, la di da di da. Okay. On a PL, have you ever seen a PL, Joel? I, uh, I have. Okay. So at the very top, there's gross income, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So mm-hmm. the gross income is what? That is going to be all the money you bring in. All the money you brought in. So if I'm looking at last month and my gross income is $100,000, that's how much money I brought in. The next section of your P&L is going to be cost of goods sold. So it's called your COGS. If anybody has ever heard that, C-O-G-S. When somebody refers to COGS, they're talking about your cost of goods sold. Up in that section, if you're doing plumbing service work, you want to include everything that it takes to go actually fulfill the service, right? Mm-hmm. So like you're doing plumbing service work, you need to do cost of goods sold and the labor. So like your labor or your guy's labor or, and like all their benefits, okay? Mm-hmm. Need to be included up in that section because the next number is your gross profit. And if you're running a plumbing business, you want your gross profit to be 50% or better. Wow. 50%. Yes. Gross profit. Gross profit. Okay. So everything under the gross profit, that's where all your overhead lives. It all lives under gross profit. So you're going to have your gross income. Let's say it's Mm $100,000. And then you're going to have your all your gross expenses, like your actual cost of goods sold. So Mm -hmm. the materials it took to fulfill the job and the labor and the benefits of the labor. Okay. Whatever you paid last month. Now you're going to want that. If you want a 50% gross profit margin, you're going to want that at 50 grand. Yes. So then you would be left with 50 grand, $50,000 gross profit. That'd be a 50% gross margin. And that's really what you want to see. And that way, then you go, you go down, let's say you have like an office and you have a bookkeeper and you have vehicle payments and you have insurance payments and all that stuff. That's all going to start to come out after you see your gross profit of 50 grand. Okay. And let's say you, you have another $30,000 of expenses for last month. Well, then at the end, you're going to be left with $20,000 for a 20% net profit. So you should have $20,000, unless you spend it already, in the bank account. Okay. So that would be what like a healthy business would look like. And the beauty of this, the beauty of looking at it this way is that if you have like, think about if you aren't maintaining a 50% profit margin, let's say your, your gross profit margin is falls down to 30%. What does that mean? You so probably you have, have more costs you bro- in that gross section than you should. Exactly. 
right? Or you're not accounting for it in your hourly rates. Can I ask a question? Yeah. So what makes you decide what to put in your gross profit section? Like, why is it all direct to fulfillment? Like, why don't you put the other stuff in there? Because you want to be able to split up the cost of fulfillment and the overhead. Gotcha. Because you want to be able to say, okay, I didn't hit my 50% prop, my gross profit margin. Well, that means it's in my cost of fulfillment. Okay. If you don't hit, if you hit your gross profit margin, but you don't hit your net profit margin, then it's in your overhead. Okay, gotcha. So then you can sort of break out your profits into two different sections, and therefore you can get a little feel about what's happening. Exactly. Do people do it? Do people run it where they just do what they bring in and then all their expenses? Do people just lump it into two categories? Well, so what I see a lot is they only put like the cost of goods for the job, for the jobs they do up there in their gross in their cogs and they forget to put the labor in and the gotcha. benefits on the labor. They forget to put that stuff up there. So it might look like they have like a 70 or 80% gross profit margin, but then they only have a 10% net margin. Yeah. But then you don't know where to look. Like if you really want that to be a 20% net margin, mm. you don't know if it's in your labor costs, if it's in your cost of goods sold, you don't know where it is. So you don't know where to start to look. So by splitting it up like that, you can say, okay, my gross margin's good, but my net margin isn't good. That means I either have too many overhead expenses or I'm not accounting for these overhead expenses in my hourly rate. And then you gotcha. can go then you can go find out why you didn't hit your 20% net margins, right? Yeah, gotcha. Okay, so the split is... It's done that way. Is it done that way just because it's a clean way to do it? This is all the stuff it takes to actually do the service. And this is all the stuff that supports the doing of the service. Yeah, exactly. And that's just a easy way to split that. Like each business can have a similar split. Do most business yeah. owners like look at it that way? Like, will they go and like, if I own like a laundromat, will I sort of have a PL in the same way where I say, here's my direct fulfillment? This is like my, you know, my laundry machines or whatever, maybe water or something like that. And then they, sh they the should other... be. Gotcha. They should be because, because when you're offering a service, right. Um, and you have the cost of goods sold, including your labor and all the direct costs of fulfilling that service, then you can go in. Like I said, you know, it's in that section. Well, for a plumbing business, like that gives you so many things to look at. Okay. Yeah. Are my guys actually selling? Are they offering the options? Are they actually, did I book enough jobs for them? I mean, it could just be a matter of, I didn't book enough jobs for them, so they didn't have enough opportunity to sell enough work to actually give me a 50% margin, right? So it just tells you where to look in your business. So you can ask why, and it kind of splits it. Okay, let me go look over here. And then you go start looking yeah. at all these other KPIs that you should be tracking, right? Like hours sold. Gotcha. How many, how many book jobs did we have? Like, why is this low? And then you can, then you can go, how do I fix it? And then you can put right. in a process or a system or do more marketing or hire more guys or whatever you got to do. Right. Yeah. It just tells you where to look. Yeah. Gotcha. So like at the beginning, like, that PNL is a really useful tool because it's going to be sort of the start. It's going to be the top where you're going to start to figure out all your problems. If you don't have yeah. that, then 
what do you do? Like, let's go to the other safe. So if you don't have a PL, you don't really use one, you don't look at one, and you have a problem in your business, what you're how do you look, what do you do? You're just looking at your bank account and you're going, mm. I made enough money or I didn't make enough money. And you don't really know either. Yeah. You have no measurement. You have no numbers to tell you. So you, you kind of almost end up running on gut feeling, which people do. And then they need help. And I make them look at their numbers. And then we go figure <laughs> out where they're going wrong. Because like the thing with numbers is numbers don't lie, right? They have mm -hmm. no feelings. They have no emotions, no nothing. So if you can go look at the numbers and gather information, then you can make good decisions. If you just try to make decisions off of gut feeling or what you think without using the numbers, you're going to lie to yourself. You're going to mm. use emotions to make decisions. And that is not good. You need to be using the numbers to make the decisions. 100%. Yeah, let me, let, me, let me run this thought by you. So okay. because it seems like if you're not familiar with the PL, if you're not using one and you're a business owner, my guess would that business owner probably needs to be in his business a lot more because he's operating on gut feelings <laughs> and he's operating on a hands-on awareness of the problems in his business, right? So if he doesn't have these numbers to guide him, he's probably going to be stuck in his business more because he has to be there to solve the problems. Like he's yeah. looking at his bank account and he's like, man, I don't know what's going on here. I better go to work and I better like get after it. Yeah. Whereas if you have a PNL, you don't have to physically be there to understand what's happening. You can go, so, huh, this is weird. I can advise on this from a distance. Like if you're an owner who doesn't, isn't near his business, you can still participate meaningfully without actually having to be there because exactly. you can just look at it and be like, Hey, stuff isn't right. And I think this is what it is. Exactly. And the numbers don't lie. Because yeah. if you, like, if you don't know the numbers, you're going to have a problem and you're not going to know what the fix is. And even if you think you do and you come up with a solution, you don't have any way to measure whether it worked. So you're yeah. just willy nilly out there doing stuff and you don't know if it worked. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't know if it actually had an effect on your bottom line in your business. That seems silly, doesn't it? Dude, super silly. Super silly. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So, cool. so get a bookkeeper. Get a bookkeeper, get a PL. How get often do you look at your PL? Every month. Every month. You just look at it once a month? Once a month. Yep. So the because I look at a few other things. So like we track how many hours we sold. So we're a flat rate company. And every task that we sell to the customer has an hour value associated to that task. And this is all tracked in Service Titan. And so then I have my calculator that says I put all my expenses in. It gives me an hourly rate to hit the profit margins I want to hit. And then it tells me how many hours I have to sell every day, every week, and every month in order to hit those profit mm -hmm. margins. So that's like my first look on my business. <clears throat> I used to go in every day. Did I sell enough hours today? Did I sell enough hours today? And then now I have a little more faith in the business. We're we're more established. Now I look at it weekly with my manager. Did we sell enough hours this week? Yes. Sweet. That means that I should hit my profit margins, right? 
Yep. At the end of the month, did I sell enough hours this month? Yes. Okay. That means when I look at my PL, I should have hit these profit margins, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so then I can go look at my PL and go, based on my hours sold, I should have hit these profit margins. Mm. My PL, if my PL is at 50% gross profit, and then I hit my profit margin that I have my calculator set at, then I know I'm good. Right. Then you know so that. It's like it's, you get these extra checks, right? Gotcha. So, it's, and, so it's, it's a super easy way just to track your performance. As you know, I'd say this works in the zero to probably $10 million business range. You can track your performance with an hour sold report, especially if on your, you're on Service Titan that gets just sent out every day, every week, every month. And that seems like a, a really good idea because like, I feel like there's one side where it's like, well, I just check my PNL all the time. I just get that report all the time. Right. But if you do what you're doing, then you're following a really key metric and you're already educated on that metric. So when you get to your PNL at the end of the month, you can already look at it and be like, well, I knew we sold enough hours. So yeah. I know half what to expect here. So when you see a deviation from your goals, then you know, well, it's not my hours sold. I don't have to think about that. I don't have to go back and like lock, grab all that data and think about it, ask the manager, see what was going on. You're yep. already up to speed or vice versa. You know that you didn't sell enough hours. So you're expecting the numbers to be not what they're supposed to be. Yep. So that seems like a really good way to make your PL a very efficient check at the end of yep. the month. Yeah. And so like in my calculator, I have it calculate, okay, if I only sell this amount of hours, it equals 10% profit margins. If I sell this hours, it's 20%. If, it's, if I sell this many hours, it's 30% profit margins. Hmm. So then I go, look, okay, what profit margins should I be expecting from my P&L? Then I can go make sure they match. If they don't match, I got to figure out why, where the money is going, what happened and figure out how to fix it. Right. You know, the, and that's super powerful just being able to look at like hours sold because it's like immediate. As soon as we close on Friday, I can go look at how many hours we sold and know if we sold enough hours for the week. Yeah. It's instant comfort through the weekend. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> we sold enough hours. I can go, I can go out to dinner or whatever, you know? Yeah. I don't do that anymore, but in the beginning it was definitely like that. Um, yeah. Another cool thing that I've, I have implemented that helped out me a ton was there's a book called profit first for contractors. And basically it talks about setting up multiple bank accounts for the different sections of your business. So like me, I have a bank account where all of the incoming money comes in. So that's called my income account. And then I have my expense account where all of my expenses going out get pulled out of that account. And then I have like owner compensation account, a tax account, a profit account. And then I have a few other accounts that don't really matter, but like the owner comp, the tax expenses and the profit account are the most important, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if you want to hit 20% profit, then you need to be taking your profit out of your income. So any, any money that comes in to my income account, mm -hmm. I take a certain percentage and I put it in my profit account and I take a certain percentage and I put it in my owner comp account because you got to pay yourself first. 
And then I take a certain percentage and I put it in my tax account. And then the rest of it gets pulled out and put into my operating expense account. I also have a rainy day account. That's probably a good one to have as well. And so that gives you a good look at the money coming into your business. So you can, and I, I do this daily. You could do this weekly. You could do like money Monday. Um, I do it daily. I go, I pay my credit cards off daily and I do my, my accounts. I reconcile them, my bank accounts daily. So I have a little spreadsheet. I go put how much money came into my income account and then it spits out the numbers for me on how much I need to transfer into the different accounts. Mm. And so this is cool because like if you have something off, like if you're selling your hours sold and then you don't have enough money in your expense account at the end of the day, or, you know, you're putting these certain percentages in profit, in taxes, you've set aside all that money. And then at the end of the day, you don't have enough in your expense account. Something's wrong. Something's going on there. So it's like this quick check before mm-hmm. your PL. So you've got three checks in place. Yeah. If you do all three of these things and it's super powerful because yeah. you can go, okay, hours sold today. Sweet. Then you can go to your bank account. Okay. Last couple of days, maybe I'm down, but maybe there was a bunch of money that had to come in or whatever. You can go look. Oh, yep. There it is on the fourth day it came in. Sweet. I know I'm good. And then go look at your profit and loss. Cool. I hit the exact profit margins that I should have. If not, where did it go? What happened? So that's a really, it's like the easiest way to track real time what's going on in your business. Between those three things, you can figure out anything. You can figure out where your money is going or why you're not doing this or what's happening. It just gives you this like big picture view of your business that you can look at daily, weekly, and monthly and make sure everything jives between the three of them. And if they do, you're golden. Like it's super assurance after that. At the end of the month, yeah. Yeah. you hit your P&L and you hit those profit margins. It's like, cool. Whatever we did last month, we just got to do again. Like we're hitting it. We're doing it. I know we're doing it. I know we sold the hours sold. I know my bank account balance is what it sh- should have been. And I know that I hit my profit margins. It's very, very reassuring. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm reassured just listening to this conversation. Yeah. Um, hundred percent. Yeah. It's cool because it's like that you're starting with your P and L, but then you're building these mechanisms that you can sort of, that will alert you to problems before you actually get to your P and L. Exactly. Because as the business owner, you're trying to be the first one to notice the problem so you can fix it as quick as you can. So there's just no hiccup in the flow. You don't yep. want to get to your PL and be like, oh my gosh, we did something terrible this month. Like that sucks. It's much better yeah. to be like, we did something terrible this week. We or need to we, we, we need did to pivot right now. Yesterday. Yeah. Like we have we no money today. Yeah. 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 And get it fixed right away. Yeah. And so by sort of having this PL, structuring it the way that you do, and then having processes again as you as the owner that you can just check on a lot it'll allow you to sniff out those problems or be alerted to like canaries in the coal mine you know like if your hours sold aren't doing what they're supposed to do that's your first canary something's got to change you know if you notice your bank accounts are getting a little wonky something's got to change it's another canary change i gotta go find out why 
you got to find out why. And then that is your new task to find out why. And I also know what to expect on my P&L. Exactly. And so when you get right? there, you're not like, oh my gosh, we're screwed. You get there and you're like, great, this is what I expected. This is awesome. Or good. you have a problem but, that you need to solve and you're working on it. Yeah. But good thing I already found the problem and I'm either working to fix it or I've already fixed it. Yes. It's like by, by doing as you suggest, you get to stay on top of the problems instead of working a month behind. Because yeah. if you only did your P&L once, you'd be behind because now you'd be fixing all last month's problem moving into this month. And that's probably a terrible momentum to get into. Yes. And here's what's crazy is like most people don't even have their P&L set up properly. So they literally have no idea. They're just looking at their bank balance. That yeah, could be, that, their bank balance could be lying to them. What if they got what, paid? What if they got paid for a bunch of work they haven't done yet? They're you balling. I mean? Go get yeah. that. Go get that fancy car. G to G. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, it's it, yeah, it's a great way to realize if you're losing money or if something's wrong or if something needs to be changed very quickly. It's also a great way if nothing needs to be changed and it's going well for you to recognize that and go, sweet, it's going well. I'm good. I have reassurance. You know exactly if you have your taxes set aside for, your owner comp is set aside for, you know you're making profit. Because if you get in your bank account, if you don't have enough money in your expense account, you got to pull it from your profit. So you'll know if you're not being profitable. You go, okay, I'm spent. I either don't have enough money coming in or I'm spending too much money. Which one is it? Or I'm not charging enough, which would be not enough money coming in. But you got to yeah. figure out why. Like, why yeah. aren't, why isn't enough money coming in? It's because I'm not selling enough work. It's because I'm not getting enough phone calls. Is it because my CSRs aren't converting the phone calls? Is it because. I don't know. I'm not charging enough. That's you. That's usually what it is. Not charging. I'm not charging enough. I'm not getting enough phone calls and my CSRs aren't converting the phone calls I am getting. Those are the top three. That I, I have see. a, this question is sort of just a little bit off topic, but when you talk about CSR converting phone calls, mm -hmm. I think I know what that means, but can you tell it to me? Like, I don't know what it means. So like a call comes in <laughs> and their job is to turn it into a booked job that you right. can then go to and make money. Okay. So that's yep. like CSR's job in a nutshell. There's a lot more to it, but that's the nutshell. So you'll be, you'd be surprised at how many CSRs let calls go through. They'll answer the phone. Hello. <laughs> and then the customer's like, um, yeah, uh, they don't, they don't know what to say. So they usually say something like, uh, how much do you guys charge by the hour? Oh, uh, we yeah. don't charge by the hour. We do it by the job. Oh, okay. Um, well, um, maybe I'll, I'm going to call, I'm going to call around. Oh, I interesting. That all the time. Yeah. Interesting. Or they call thinking there's some other company. The person yep. answers the phone. Uh, whatever. So-and-so plumbing and heating, how are so-and-so plumbing? How can I help you? And the customer's like, oh, I thought I was calling, you know, this other plumbing company. And they're like, oh, nope. Click. Oh, instead of being like, you didn't, of being let like, me help you. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, nope, you, you've reached this company. Um, but we can definitely get you taken care of. We have spots open on the schedule today. Mm. Really qualified technicians. Would you like us to get out there and help you out? Right. Those simple yeah. things like that could that could kill your business. Somebody not answering the phone properly.
Now, is that to like get the CSRs there? Is that a combination of just training and scripting or the right person? Yeah. Training, scripting, hiring the right person. Yeah. You know, there's people that probably shouldn't be answering the phones. Yeah. Like yeah, me, we've definitely called any anybody who's listening to this has probably called a business and like that was an interesting, <laughs> yeah, interesting that was interaction. <laughs> that wasn't very helpful. Because <laughs> when you call a company, you want them to take charge of the call. Yes. Like you don't know you don't know what they need to do to get you taken care of, right? You called them. Yeah. So they call us and it's thank you for calling Prospector Plumbing and Heating. How can we help you? And then they whatever they say, it's sure we can help you with that if we don't work for you before. And then that way you took charge of the call, right? And then they're like, they're like, uh, no. Okay, well, we got to get some information from you so we can get you on our system. What's your first name? What's your last name? What's your email address? What's your billing address? La-di-da-da-da. Okay, tell me a little more about your problem. Doesn't matter what it is. Oh, I hate it when that happens. Yeah, we can definitely get that taken care of. We have a spot open between yeah, whatever and whatever, between 12 and 2. Does that work for you? Yeah, that'd be great. Sweet. We'll see you at 12 or two. Yeah. Here's, we're going to text you before we're on our way. As soon as we get there, our technician will diagnose the problem. There is a whatever service charge fee, uh, just to give you an estimate. If we do any of the work today, we'll waive the fee. See you between 12 and two click. Yeah. Pretty easy. Yeah. But it takes like, it takes a personality of somebody who is a little more, I don't want to say bubbly, but somebody who is a little more excited to be on the phone, likes talking to people can take charge of the call, you know, confident in what they do and has the ability just to know they just have to, they have to run that call. Right. So if you hire the right person to begin with, it's going to help you out a ton. And then if you just write a script, you could literally just write down what I just said. That's pretty much what my script says. And if they follow it anywhere near that, then you're going to be just fine. You're going to do a great job. That's actually a good segue because we've talked about your small plumbing company. You get a bookkeeper. You need to understand your P&L. Yes. When do you hire yourself a CSR? Dude, that's the next thing I think. Um, I think, you know, once you start doing enough work, once you start getting like a couple jobs a day, then hire somebody to answer your phones because it is going to, it'll blow your mind how freeing that is for a plumbing business owner to not have to answer his phone and then have the CSR schedule the jobs for you and then don't look at what's on the schedule. Like if she's booking out like into tomorrow or the next day, don't at the end of the day, go look and see what you have tomorrow. Force yourself to Mm -hmm. go home, spend that time with your family without getting that other stuff on your brain. Leave it for tomorrow and don't look at it until tomorrow. <laughs> so you sound like you're talking from personal experience. <clears throat> Dude, yeah. It was like, because your wife was my first CSR, right? Mm-hmm. And I was booked out like, I'd be booked out weeks, months, and I would. I had a little journal and I would write all my jobs. Each page in my notebook was a day. And so, and I would book three jobs a day and I'd be booked out for months. And I knew every single job that was on that schedule. Mm. I knew in my head. You wrote it down yourself. Do. Yeah, I wrote it down myself. I knew the customers. I knew they were waiting on me. I knew what I was getting into. And then whenever my phone rang, I knew I was booked out three months. 
and I had all this other work to do. Half the time I wouldn't answer my phone. And so I missed out on a ton of opportunities just because it's just bogs down your brain, you know? Yeah. And so when I hired your wife, I got, uh, I don't remember the name of the app, but basically it was an app and we just set up different cards. So we had a Monday card, a Tuesday card, a Wednesday card, Thursday card, Friday card. And then she would just write down the name, the address, the phone number, and what the job was on under the appropriate day. And it was like her answering the phones and doing my schedule is like poof, this total mind freedom it was so unreal. Yeah. It was yeah. Like I even like I didn't know your I didn't really know your wife very well at that point in time. Um mm-hmm. and hiring somebody to answer my phone because I'd been so like attached to it because I'd done it for so long um was like giving away that control was sure. super like yeah. nerve wracking. Yeah. But it was the like two days in, I was like, this is so like, why didn't I do this earlier? This is so cool. <laughs> like, yeah, that was that first like click I had like, man, hiring people to do stuff is rad. Yeah. Like, this this is, actually makes like, it a lot better. Yeah. Like I don't wait, I don't have to do that. That's like, yeah. that's the first time I ever hired anybody to do anything. Yeah. Right. And not, yeah. it was just cool. Total, total, like light bulb off in my head, mind yeah. blown totally freeing and i was like wow i can do this and then all i had to do is go do work and then i did yeah. work long enough to get some money in the bank and then it was like let's go and then we just yeah. exploded from there it's pretty yeah. cool yeah it's an amazing thing when you can just think about the job at hand and then call Dude. somebody and be like i'm done what's next and they're like you're yep. going here they're like cool and then you cool. do the job at hand and then it's the end of your day. And you're like, all right, that was my work today. And then you just, Dude, that's actually a really good, like what you just said, that would be a really good idea for somebody who's still in the truck and it's just you and you hired somebody to answer your phone. Just have them write the job down where they're at and make yourself have to call them to get your next job. Yeah. So that you literally cannot see it. That would yeah. be way better than what I did. Yeah. Well, because your technicians, they don't know what's coming next, right? Like they just, or do they know yeah. their day? Uh, so we used to do it to where they knew their day, um, because I don't I don't know why we started doing that at first. Like I knew it would be better if they could only see one job. I think we couldn't quite figure out the software of it, and we had some problems. Sure. And we were so busy at the time that we were like, oh, "We'll fix it later." And so, like a year later, finally, we were like, "Okay, we got to figure out how to get." I I could notice my guys were kind of blowing through their jobs. Mm. I was like, I got to figure out how to get these guys to slow down one customer at a time. Uh, Your hour sold are at this customer you're at right now. There may or may not be another one. Yeah. Instead of thinking hours, sell the hours on the one you're on now. But yeah, I mean, so now as soon as in, in service Titan, as soon as they finish a job, it'll assign them a new one. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause that's like, Cause if you, the business owner, if you hire a CSR and then you do that same thing and you hire technicians, you're already used to that. And it's just, you're already in that mindset. So when you tell them to them, you tell them why you've done it. That's what I did. When you hire that first technician, it's just like a natural process. Like I'm doing the same thing you're doing, man. I don't know what's going on. I just do the job and then I get the next job. Yeah. And the, and the reason you want to do that is 
like I said, to keep them from like blowing through their jobs and not selling anything, thinking there's a better opportunity. But then yeah. also like all the calls that come in that day, they just live in a pool of jobs, right? And if a really good one comes in, then the CSRs can watch the techs. They're like, oh, he's almost done with this. And you put a new job on their schedule, but they can't see it until they close out the other job. Then the CSRs get to pick from your pool of jobs, like which ones are going to be the most profitable. So you should give your CSRs a list of like, okay, if a water pump or a pressure tank or a water heater or whatever comes in, we get to those first. Like we take those jobs, we triage them. We do those jobs first because they're the money-making jobs because your whole goal is to make money and get the jobs in today. Like money in the bank. I need money in the bank today. That should be your number one goal. As much money as possible. Yeah, that's another good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, because we're speaking about CSRs, you know, so you, you want to have somebody who is, you know, enthusiastic on the phone. But then there's also a strategic element that comes to the CSR that I think can be missed because um, you just assume like, oh, they just answer the phones. That's all they do. It's like, well, there's actually something behind the scenes where they're actually looking at the jobs, they're vetting the jobs, they're realizing, yep. and they're also looking at the technicians too, you know, um, yeah. just from being in the same house as a CSR. It's like, I uh-huh. know these inner workings of like, and it's not that like this technician can or can't do that. You just go, oh, this technician has been doing that all week for this technician's sake, who I've been talking to, he's not going to do this because he yeah. needs a break from this. Like there's little things in there that you can really begin oh, yeah. to balance and uh, smooth out your culture and kind of keep an even keel on the drama. So like, yeah, like, or even like, shouldn't... even you're on the phone and this customer's grumpy and you've got a guy that's really good with grumpy customers. Who are you going to send? Yeah. Or let's say you got a customer that needs a ton of work done and you've got a guy that sells better than anybody else. Yep. Who are you going to want to send? Yep. So that's like, like they got to think about all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. So there's definitely like a really big strategic component. So it's never, it's like, you know, when hiring for that position, you can't think like, I just need somebody to answer my phones. Like yeah. you need somebody who who can do that, who's enthusiastic, but can also think within a bigger picture. Yeah, like hiring, it's not hiring your 16 year old daughter probably isn't a good idea. <laughs> no, unless she's, <laughs> unless she's super like, sharp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause they need to be able to understand, you know, the, broader sweeps of the business, not the nitty gritty, how do I fulfill or how do I even sell these hours at this person's house? But they need to understand like, okay, what's going to make money and what's going to make sense given this time slot. And then actually make these pretty hard calls because there's always the emotional play that comes in where it's just like, okay, I have a member and then I have a, you know, up here, a no heat situation. What do Mm -hmm. I do? You know, Mm -hmm. and have to make these kind of tough calls of like, oh, geez, what do I do? And then like be able to just do that. time and time again and make the right call because since the technicians aren't involved if you have csrs who are just doing stuff you could really see that affect your pnl at the end of the month oh yeah definitely for sure yeah i mean if you could keep yourself busy with water heaters all day long you're gonna make way more money yep versus something else changing out angle stops or replacing a flex or p-trap or something right so if you're getting a ton of calls in and you triage those calls properly, you could potentially raise your profit margins at the end of the month by quite a bit. Yeah. Don't way to go. Don't discount having powerful CSRs. 
because no, just uh-huh. like having a powerful technician, dude, they're gonna they're gonna make you a lot of money. Oh yeah, definitely. And then vice versa, you get a bad CSR and a bad technician, and it's gonna cost you. <laughs> yep. So let's recap. You need to hire a bookkeeper. Have yeah. her do your P and L. Don't do your own books for the love. Don't do your don't, own books. Don't do your own books. Get a legit bookkeeper. Get your P and L sent to you every month. And if you have the ability, track your hours sold. Um, know how many hours sold it takes to hit your profit margins. And then go, if you haven't yet, go buy, let's see, the book, Profit First for Contractors. Go buy that. Read you know it. who it's by? Mm, I have no idea. They'll figure who's it out. The, who's Joe Rogan's guy? Jamie. 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 Yeah. Hey, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie. We need a Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Brooklyn. <laughs> you yeah. got to Google something. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I don't know who it's by, but if you look if you look up Profit First, he wrote Profit First and then he wrote Profit First for contractors, Profit First for real estate agents, Profit First for blah 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 blah. Um, oh, the, the one for contractors would be is a really good book for anybody who's in the contracting business. Period. It'll save your bacon. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, dude. Those three yep. things. Make then it happen. P- Yep, and your PL, then your numbers are squared away. And then you can numbers have a good squared ob- away. You know objective exactly feel what's of your business. your business. You know exactly how to move forward. You know exactly what to fix. You know exactly what's working. It's powerful. Dude, it's invaluable. It's completely invaluable. Like I should I should sell it as a system that I set up for people. <laughs> it's funny because, yeah <laughs> well it's like i mean it's like a lot of things in business right it's like we've talked about this before you're a plumber and you make a plumbing business and then you realize that this is really hard and it's because you're thinking like a plumber you're not thinking like a business yeah. owner and yep. pnls is part of that marketing is yep. part of that all these things are part of it hiring the right people etc cetera, etc cetera. and yeah it's all the, part of becoming a good business owner and the more you dive into that the more peace of mind you can afford to have. So because I don't know if you realized today, but we talked very little about plumbing, right? Mm -hmm. Very, very little about plumbing. We talked all about business for the most part. Like 99.9% of our talk was about business. That's where plumbers need to get to when they open up a business. They need to realize that right there. That like, it's not, that has very little to do with the actual plumbing. Has everything to do with the plumbing, the business of plumbing, right? Mm -hmm. So like the things that should be on their mind are the things that we talked about today, not, not the plumbing. Yeah. Like that was a good, you hit on a good one there. Yeah. It's one, it's all about business. It is. I mean, you're running a business. Yeah. And there are like the reason why that author that we don't know that Jamie's going to find out for us yeah. has wrote the same book for different things is because he's like, oh, dude, these are just businesses. These operate yeah. on the same principles. Yeah. Every business operates on a principle of how much money you bring in, how yep. much does your it cost to do your thing, and how much mm-hmm. money do you take home at the end of the day to do whatever you want with. Mm-hmm. That's every business everywhere. The only thing yep. that's going to be different is going to be the percentages. Correct. Okay. So you got to think Good like that. Guys. Go forth. Go forth. Prosper. Do it and prosper. <laughs> we need a closing statement like that. We need to come up with one. Okay. We'll work on okay. it. 
go forth and prosper. Yeah, I think that's already taken though. I think somebody said that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's like Star Trek or something. All right. That wraps up what what episode? Number six? Yeah, six. Okay. Guys, make sure and subscribe to our channel so you can watch more awesome talks like this where we can provide you with way more value. We're literally going to give away all of our secrets, everything we know for free on this podcast, and it's only going to get better as we go. Okay. See you later. See ya.